Welcome to the 37th meeting of Junto Club. This episode has two-spirited discussions. We start by taking up the conversation asking what is science and can science be trusted? We also dive into the metaverse. What is it? What can it be? Are we excited for it? For any questions, comments, or if you'd like to rant on something important to you, email juntoclubpodcast at gmail.com. This is Junto Club. Junto Club. Welcome to the 37th meeting of the Junto Club on January 22nd, 2022. Uh, this podcast is inspired by Benjamin Franklin, who in 1727 organized his friends to create a club he called the Junto Club. It was kind of for mutual improvement, where they discussed topics around like science, philosophy, business, politics, and stuff. So we try to imitate that a little bit. We use it as an excuse for someone to research a topic a little bit and then come and talk about it with the others so we can try to learn a little bit more about the world around us uh you know yeah and that's basically it uh so our main topic today will be metaverse what is it because everyone's talking about it so i bothered to go look to see try to understand you know what the heck it is uh but before that we'll have some miniature topics and she likes to bring a quote to discuss all right so oh, cool shoe start us off with our quote all right. Uh, today's quote is, <clears throat> quote, half the truth is often a great lie, end quote, by Benjamin Franklin. All right. This, All is right. A, this is a good quote. I like it. Uh, you know, I guess I'll just ramble then. Yeah. With half the truth, you can deceive someone, but since it's grounded in truth, it's like harder to disprove, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so that is what makes it a great lie. It's pretty straightforward, I think. I feel like we see this stuff all the time, like yeah. in modern misinformation and media, they'll mm -hmm. often like base it on something that is true, but then, you know, manipulate it, leave part out, something out that's important. And then, uh, and then it becomes a pain to sort of disprove the myth. Yeah, no. I mean, I yeah, it's a good quote, but I think it is pretty straightforward. I mean, there's always like, I mean, both sides, like, or you know, both sides, uh, political sides, sort of have examples of this. I mean, or even like single topics, like, you know, when they discuss COVID, one side will say like, oh, like you're talking about number of cases, but it should be about number of deaths or you know, people in the hospital or. You know, yeah, how the real it is. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, so it's so I guess oftentimes when statistics come into play, it's like, is this the right statistic or the wrong statistic? And, mm, yeah. yeah. So so yeah, I like this quote because uh, actually this quote is actually I I think is pretty straightforward, easy to understand, and not nothing confusing to me. Uh, but the reason I brought it up because of my recent uh covid diagnosis <laughs> i got oh. covid recently and then um uh, and also i just listened to a covid podcast like uh, called a dry podcast by peter dr peter atir and then they have a very uh good conversation about covid and all the other nice stuff like that so the reason i brought it up because they talk about actually cdc and all the 
policies action that's very like like COVID policy by the United States and the way that we've done that we're doing COVID right now is really like especially like mandates right all based on science right and that's what they claim based on science but you know but now as you dig deeper actually you know some of the science when they when they when CDC when they talk about science sometimes they cherry pick resolve and stuff like that to you know to basically confirm to whatever their policy is already being adhered to, right? So some of the policies are actually flawed. Not, it's not really good policy, but they still, you know, uh, implement them. So so that's why it kind of inspired me to brought those. That, uh, I think uh, so. So I think that also uh, like made me empathize with the people that are anti-vaxxers, right? Like why they, uh, why they are against a vaccine. And also... I mean, a lot of times you a lot of people are just question about the validity of vaccine, and then those questions just shut down, get shut down right away, right? There's always risks to anything, right? But you know, like the people are very strong about like vaccine, just don't want you to talk about it at all, right? Even for like Joe Rogan, when they, when he talk about stuff, you know, people just oh shut him down, right? Start like oh he's a uh, misinformation. I don't know. So. Maybe I mean, he's. Like- Maybe he's a bad example, but anyway, I'm just saying that people like to shut down conversation because of that. So, yeah. I, this reminds me of a, so there's a relevant Joe Rogan clip I saw recently because okay. someone sent it to me and he's, he was talking about like the rare myocarditis that happens in like young people from uh, some vaccines, right? Exactly. So the guy that he is, I think he was like a doctor or something. He's talking to him. He's like, yeah, but he's like, this happens. It's very rare and it usually resolves. But he's like, but COVID has like causes the same myocarditis in the same group way more, like eight times or something more likely. Yeah. And Joe literally just tells him, he's like, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. And he like fights with him on it. After a little while, he has one of his people like fact check it and he finds like a, like, you know, like the reports and the research on it. And then he's like, okay, maybe, but like starts like, like, I don't know, he starts sort of like, just sort of dancing around it without really wanting to just be like straight, like, cause essentially it was a very nice view of like, okay, he had a position that he, he wanted to hold, which was that the vaccines create this dangerous thing. And when, you know, and he just didn't want to accept that actually COVID does the same thing, but much worse. Um, you know, so, so criticizing this as like a safety about the vaccine doesn't really make sense when you look at the whole truth. This is actually a perfect example of your quote, right? Uh, you know, half yeah. the truth is this vaccine can cause a very rare, limited amount of myocarditis. But the the whole truth is COVID does it much worse. It might even be the same mechanism, right? Like if it's the spiked proteins on COVID that cause it, it would make sense that vaccine could potentially cause some of the same yeah. side effects mm-hmm. and symptoms that COVID does. Um, but I don't know if that's true. That's just a guess. Yeah, that, but, that makes sense. Yeah, say, can you, what, what happened to, you saying that Joe Rogan was, uh, doesn't believe that. Well, he's at least vaccines. I don't, I don't know a lot of details about Joe Rogan because I don't watch him, mm. but he's at least vaccine skeptical, right? Like he, yeah. I know he's done the thing where when he got COVID, he took ivermectin and stuff. And then he also got the monoclonal antibodies. Um, but you know, he was at least skeptical about it. And then he didn't want to, it, it he seems to, I don't know. It doesn't seem like he's honest, like honestly reviewing. Yeah, he. The, I think he used to say that young people doesn't need to get vaccine and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that was wholly true, but yeah. I mean, I, but I think uh, Mike is a ardent listener of uh, Joe Rogan, so you well, probably have thoughts. Well, <laughs> do no. you listen to Joe Rogan every single day? 
Oh no 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 no! I don't listen to Joe Rogan. I don't listen to Joe Rogan almost ever. I usually listen. What happened? Only- you used to you used to tell me about it. You listen to him every day as you walk to school. Well, I no, I listen to Joe Rogan is friends with some of the people. I listen to like Jim and Sam oh. on Sirius XM and I, I like so and Joe Rogan was a pretty regular guest on like Opie and Anthony. Like he credits mm-hmm. Opie and Anthony with him starting his podcast, which, you know, and his podcast is obviously one of the biggest platforms in the world now. But so I used to listen to Opie and Anthony and now I listen to Jim and Sam who's like there essentially their replacement but um that was born out of their show but um so i mean i think joe rogan yes i mean he he i don't know that he's totally anti-vax but i mean i think a lot of people who are related to him and probably him are very much under the like it should be up to you there should be no mandates and i think they he and they generally holds that one, so, I mean, I think that they would say, regardless of uh, the uh, mar- uh, myocarditis issues and stuff like that, I think that they would hold the whole truth would be more that COVID as a whole is not like, I mean, if you look at the statistics, it's not that severe, particularly as we've gotten into more and more variants, like the variants are not that severe. And it's, and therefore it should be, uh, like, and particularly like in young people, it's you usually not going to be severe. So it's like, even if the myocard, myocarditis and things like that are more in COVID than the vaccine, like it should be up to the people themselves, whether they get the vaccine, because, you know, one, there's the issue or like the thought, like if you don't get COVID and you don't get the vaccine, then your chances are. Much much yeah. lower. Of getting yeah, regarding that, the same definitely. But booster, yeah. my is a questionable, right? Booster yeah. for young people is like you if you so because right now I think to start school actually just need I mean honest even Stanford University on a big university just shut down school right just be but mm-hmm. and require everybody to mandate everybody to have a booster before they came back and booster you know is gonna increase the risk of myocarditis right. So I mean, the risk and benefit is just out. The risk kind of always the benefits, right? In my opinion, is. And I then, mean, yeah. does it? Because all the data suggests that. So look, there's no medicine that's ever been created that has zero side effects or potential exactly. risks, right? Yeah. But like on every potential risk, COVID's like a thousand times worse than the vaccine, at least, if not more, right? Yeah, so but this if you is vac- where yeah, if you this is where the risk and benefits doesn't feel like. No, I'm talking about booster though. Like booster, yeah, you see, booster. Really, like booster doesn't really matter, right? It does matter. See, that's it. It yeah. does, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, well, the thing is, apparently, roughly eight months. You know, there, there's like, I mean, it's a vague thing, but it seems like roughly eight months. Your most people's, uh, Im- you know, immunity or antigens start to wane significantly. So, you know, so, sadly, it doesn't seem to be a thing like, you know, what was it, chickenpox, where you get it once and then you're mostly immune for life. Gotcha. But it like it's not like it, you're not wrong to say oh there's some risk to the vaccine, but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like an honest opinion or an honest argument when you're like well don't take this vaccine because of this risk. You just take your you know you can just get COVID instead and have like vastly higher risk for all all that same stuff and more, right? Wow. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't I- it's not a rational. It's not like a rational comparison. 
Sure. And uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of these uh, sort of a lot of the people who have this argument also are like, if you have COVID, that like natural immunity should count for something. I mean, like that seems reasonable to me. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's like I got boost or not. I I got like the vaccines immediately, like back in like April of last year or whatever it was. And um, then I got COVID, a breakthrough case in like end of September. And basically I waited like four, like I didn't get boosted as early as I could have and waited about four months before getting boosted, figuring that, yeah, natural immunity, like as much as like that is part of it to me that like on the other side that it seems irrational that natural immunity does nothing i mean i don't know like i don't know that we have the data to say how long it protects but i'm sure it does protect like so basically for me i waited about four ish months to get the booster figuring about Uh, that yeah actually that's something that i want to talk about actually is natural immunity versus the vaccine immunity what do you guys know about it matt uh, so one thing I've seen is some times people treat, try to act like they're fundamentally different or like yes. completely different when they're not, because it's the same, largely the same thing, your immune system responding to the same proteins to make the antigens or whatever, uh, you know, could be natural immunity could be stronger in the sense that you have a much higher dose, right? If you actually get sick from COVID, you're probably gonna have a lot more virus in your system. So you're probably going to basically get a larger dose uh, to have a stronger response. But I don't know. There's, I'm sure people are doing research on it. I don't know if anyone's had anything conclusive. Yeah, and they, and they do. There's two studies from CDC that says vaccine uh, immunity is much better than uh, natural immunity. Really? Yes. However... It's coming. However, no study actually. All the science experts look at it, and these like these papers are really not. It will not pass any kind of peer review at all, because mm. they were chirping data, and then just and then the, the sign the method they're doing just very far, right? So that making a question, right? I mean, can I really trust the CDC, right? Mm. And to because they is CDC a political organization, right? Because they, they were they were they were run by political appointees right so the leadership at least right i've appointed so i mean just just look at these two studies right they, i mean it kind of makes sense why they try to publish those two studies to claim that vaccine immunity is much better than natural immunity right mm-hmm. right but it kind of doesn't and then, and then you know, the israel study right israel study actually they, they actually did study natural immunity actually deliver actually much better protection than against covid vaccines right and then, then COVID vaccines, but yeah, but I mean, then the question I had, uh, I have this question because I just recently just got COVID and I was like, okay, now it's this, but natural immunity, it kind of makes sense to me, right? Anything natural is much better than something that you know, made in the lab, inject into your body to give you some kind of immunity, right? No, uh, no, that's a, I feel like that's a fallacy. People often use that like natural is better. Really? In general. Why? I mean, there's all sorts of natural stuff that will dude, kill what you. What do you mean, no? Give me an example. What do you what mean, no? You all sorts of natural stuff will kill you. Like, if you just go drink natural I'm water just, just saying, out of I'm, a stream, there's a decent chance you're going to get sick. I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about natural stuff. immunity versus okay. like, uh, fake immunity that you get it from. Not fake immunity, but manufactured immunity from 
but, but how does a vaccine work, right? Like it's the vaccine exposes your immune system to it. And then your immune system does the same process it does when it's exposed to the live virus, right? I feel like calling vaccine not natural immunity is a, a misconception, right? Because it is your own, all it is doing is teaching your own immune system how to fight the virus. Like it's not like the monoclonal antibodies where you're literally being injected with lab made antibodies that you know for it that wouldn't be natural immunity right mm-hmm. but That's... like if you're immunocompromised you you're, a vaccine doesn't help you much or at all depending on how severe it is because you don't have an immune system to train mm-hmm. it's the basic idea of a vaccine is just expose your immune system as if you were infected without infecting you so your immune system can learn to fight it without you having to actually get sick yeah okay then okay back to the question though can CDC be trusted? Can any one-off study be trusted? I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, literally, like, I feel like if part of, like, part of the PhD or part of your defense is often, like, just admitting that, like, you need a thousand more studies to show the same thing, right? I mean, so, yeah, like, exactly. But you, you know, people are making policies based on these results, right? Now, after these results, you know, people, like, you know, the government is making policies and like, mandate and all the other stuff, right? So, no, I, I mean, and, no, and, they, they, and they say, if hey, people, they always say, oh, people, if you disagree with you, just question a little bit and you say, oh, do you not believe in science? Right. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> what the I, heck? I agree. I believe in you. science, but I don't believe in scientists. That's what I'm saying. That, that is true that like if policies, like, I mean, I guess once again, it depends on how hardcore the policies are. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, if, like, if the, if the policies are like, it, we are forcing everyone to do this and the policies in a way like, uh, strong arm science into like supporting them, that's definitely a big issue. But I think yeah, it's currently happening, right? That's what's currently happening right now. Yeah. I mean, to any, I'm not saying there's no case of anything. <laughs> wrong like the cdc being perfect always but like is it it's some sort of major or problematic trend i feel like on the whole the cdc it is they're shutting down schools right the school is going to be have a detrimental issue to these kids and stuff like that right no so i totally agree we need to try to get in-person schooling as like as fast as possible but like there's a lot of schools where they don't have enough teachers because too many of them at least in so in new york city in the new york area where like omicron surged really highly their schools where like a third of their teachers are out so they don't have enough teachers to teach kids and then they're just putting them in the gymnasium to like hang out all day or silly mm-hmm. things like that and it's so it's like i 100 percent agree we should try to get in-person schooling but like there's also the realities of like what you need to make that possible right why like, are uh, can it well so why are teachers out right now sick with covid oh, okay yeah, because um, like with in New York, Omicron like went like huge this, you know, in the last few weeks, it's been really big. So a lot of people have been sicking out and they're like struggling just to have enough teachers to do it. Sure. No, now, I mean, that probably in another, in a couple of months, that probably won't be an issue anymore. And I would totally agree. Be like, yeah, try to get kids in, but you know. Sure. I mean, I, I guess at what, at, I mean, so I see, I, I do see both sides here. I mean, because like okay, initially COVID is a you know a, a you know a disease that's you know clearly different. You know it has a higher rate of death than the flu. It's more contagious than the flu. 
Um, but I guess as variants become, I guess, more contagious and weaker, at what point do we begin to treat it like something like the flu, where there's sort mm-hmm. of a seasonal vaccine that's strongly encouraged, but basically, you know, that's like, you know, that's about it. Like, so I do see shoes point in the sense of like, okay, like, yeah, like uh, vaccine passports have been necessary to get into restaurants and, you know, it's almost a given that, you know, boosters will be part of those vaccine passports sooner rather than later, uh, like regardless of your, like whether you've have, had COVID or not. So at like what point do we just like say, like, okay, like COVID, like the initial, like stronger variants of covid seem to have strongly waned we ha- are left with these weaker variants like we're just going to treat them like we treat the common cold and flu and we're going to encourage people to wear who are you know not feeling great or or who are immunocompromised to like wear masks and you know be preventative but otherwise like back to normal <laughs> I mean, I feel yeah. like a lot of people are talking about, you know, Omicron potentially being the start of that, right? Like right. once the, um, like the biggest Omicron wave like passes, like, will we be in this, like COVID is endemic state afterwards? But mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess so like there's like, there's like the details on little stuff. Is natural immunity better than vaccine immunity? You know, how soon do we? drop certain policies, whatever. But like on the big stuff, like are vaccines safe and effective? Like we have a lot of data from a lot of different countries. So even if you say the CDC, you don't trust the CDC. Like if you say, if you're, if you're debating whether vaccines are safe or effective, I'm not, I'd be, I'm skeptical about where you're getting your information from. Cause that seems pretty hard to like. <laughs> no, I'm, deba- I'm, de- I'm not debating with, right? that. I'm not debating that actually. I'm debating okay. some of the policies based on like, some of the extreme policies, like, uh, like for example, I mean, recently, like FDA, I mean, the booster, right, recommendation booster for like uh, eighteen, uh, like young people, or maybe you know, eighteen and under, right? Those are, I mean, FDA circumvented a, a group of ex- experts, right? They asked to vote for it, right? And then these experts actually vote against boosters, right, for young people, right? And mm-hmm. the, the FDA just cert. Uh, just uh, take another vote, you know, circumvent these experts, say, because they disagree with the result, right? And they say, okay, we're going to get another vote, a net vote, say, oh, yeah, we, we should recommend booster to young people, right? Because uh, the original expert, they did not see any evidence about the, about the risk of, about the risk uh, of the booster to young people, right? So they, they, they vote against it, right? So, so FDA just, you know, just circumvent it because it's a political, because they want to, get as many people vac- vaccinated as possible, right? And that's the number they focus on. That's, what, that's why, uh, you know, the whole, gov- the whole government, the administration try to get as mean- many people vaccinated as possible. So they just focus on one number, right? And the number cause, cause them to, I don't know, bias their views or try to cherry pick results, try to force through policy through, right? So mm-hmm. that's, that's, some, that's, that's some of the policy I'm against, not vaccine. Vaccines, of course, you it's good for people, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole reason I got COVID maybe because I did not get a booster. So I don't know, <laughs> right? No, no. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, it's like like I say. I mean, I. Uh, I basically got COVID. Let's see, I think my last vaccine was April fourteenth, and then I got COVID like basically October first. 
Yeah, so, even yeah, even the policy of like, you know, get first like two those right. You should space out. The, I mean, a lot of experts and I talk about like you should actually they they what they should have done. Is, space out in the first dose and second dose like three months or something not two months right no, not like four weeks right that's a they just a just a, uh they try to get it done as soon as possible right get as many people vaccinated but you actually the result actually is terrible because there are people like you know getting right you know you get like a i can't remember what the numbers breakthrough were, cases yeah preliminary numbers suggested yeah you were getting the vast majority of protection with the first dose and only a little bit of gain at the second dose and then yeah i got sick just before like six months so like it essentially yeah. waned pretty hard at six months so mm. i guess that's yeah when i got COVID, assuming you know natural immunity was not you know that much better than the vaccine i just basically waited about four ish months and then <laughs> got the vaccine figuring that that would protect me for four or five more months or the booster four or five more months yeah anyway the uh, i guess in the last rant about for me on this is that i mean what actually is science right a lot of people like say okay you need either you either like a lot of people always like people on the lab always claim that oh if you don't believe investing you don't believe in science right but science is not belief science is is not something that is in talk in terms of probability right and evidence right you always say you know you are you're done study you are known that okay you know you know the evidence shown and this is probably true but you never is never science is never certain 100 percent certain of anything right mm-hmm. so i mean so you can't really be like okay this is good this is bad right so mm-hmm. right well so, I, yeah. mean, sci- I mean the outcome variable science is the ultimate half truth that i'm talking about <laughs> yes. well i think this goes back to what i said earlier like there's a lot of details we're still figuring out and people are hashing out but like we have a huge amount of evidence on some basic things right and so a lot of anti-vaxxers aren't doing honest like skepticism they're just like throwing out nonsense that you know disagrees with huge amounts of data so, I mean, you know, if someone, you know, says that, you know, the earth is flat and I don't need to, you know, I don't have to be like, <laughs> I feel like it's fair to be like, obviously, you don't believe in science if you think the earth is flat, right? Not that any vax criticism is quite that bad, but, you know, like, I mean, hold on, you, hold if on, you hold say on. science, if you say science is like the accumulation of like lots of evidence, and then if we have that on an issue, then ignoring that would, in a sense, not be believing the science, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, probability correct, right? Like gra- even gravity, right? You know, you go into like, uh, I don't know, quantum mechanics, you know, quantum space, you know, the the, the science breaks down, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, going back to Earth is flat. For all intent and intent and purpose, Earth is flat in your no. local area. <laughs> in a local area. <laughs> Like, you know, you walk down the street, it is flat to you. Like, you, you base your decisions, based, you're not thinking, oh, the earth is, no, earth is wrong. I need to make, do this, do that. No, but mm-hmm. our intended purpose, purpose for every single day, earth is flat to me. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I anyway. mean, for all intents and purposes, America is the only country for me, right? When I'm walking <laughs> down the street, the existence of other countries and other places in the world doesn't really matter to me. No, nay, but... nay is going too far. 
<laughs> but you know, you as and soon I as you only go a little bit show when Matt sees us. <laughs> what? You and I only exist shoe when Matt sees us. Like <laughs> going that way. Yeah, that's right. So mm. no, that's but so. you know, if you similarly, if you go you know, look a little further out, you know, like you look at something out on the ocean, you can see it dipping below the curve if it's something tall. Mm. But yeah. You know, anyway, Maybe. whatever. We don't need to argue about flatter. <laughs> no. This was fun. I you know, I don't I'm slightly concerned about where you're getting your info shoe, but it was fun to have this discussion anyway. So, oh, I got an info on uh, you can listen to a podcast, the Peter Atia, uh, MD, uh, uh, the Dry Podcast. He had very good, I'll say, a good balanced conversation about COVID. Mm-hmm. You should listen to it two hours, but I will, yeah. Anyway, so, all right, all right. Well, before just my final thought on this is basically that life is just a multi-dimensional signal and that we're just like the rate at which we sample the signal can dictate a lot about what we learn about our world. Can you dumb me down? Deep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Why you make it so complicated? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So like, I mean, if you think about an audio signal, my right? to show that he. Night to appear to be smart. You can't have an episode without, you know, putting up those credentials, right? Like I have a PhD, by the way. (laughs) No, well, no. I mean, it's just like if you think about an like an audio signal, right? It's like a wave, and if you sample that wave at different rates, like what you hear is is going to be vastly different. So, um, whereas, like, so I mean, if you just think about like the world we move through as like different uh signals you know so the light that's hitting us the you know uh, the the light that's going through our eyes and uh, uh you know the speech we hear like all, i mean all like our world is made up of signals so if you sample the signals at different rates like so if our outcome, var- like, I mean, so the outcome variables of experiments are samples and then uh, you're going to get different results. So. But you are just saying what Matt was saying earlier in a very, very complex way. Yes. You know, you well, just I, say I, that I Matt, Matt deep- basically just saying that he thinks the whole world is the United States because he only lived in the United States. That's he right, never that's... been to other countries. So that's why, you know, he thinks every, everything, every, everything is like American, right? Right. So you were just saying the same thing that he was saying earlier in a very complex way. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> in a very cool way, pretty cool way, though. That's right. I was trying to be cool, show. <laughs> She's got to shut that down, Mike. Oh, He's right. the cool one on this podcast. You can't step on his turf, okay? Okay, that is true. That, yeah, I'll just go back to, you know, I knew one person who got myocarditis from the vaccine, so everyone gets it. Oh, you do? <laughs> no. Uh, well, okay. I, well, yes. Well, there were news stories about it. So I've heard mm-hmm. of like four people that have gotten myocarditis at a young age from the vaccine. So it's dangerous. Mm. So, there you go. All right. Recap, what'd you say? You say what? Multi-signal again? Yeah. Well, no, it was just, yeah. So I mean, it, it just the... Uh, Repeat, world... what'd you say earlier in the first sentence? That was really cool. So the world... <laughs> 
the, the, wor- the world we walk through is just multiple signals and the rate at which we sample those signals determines our experience. So, all right. All right. This yeah. could be a very good scientific theory. You should yes. prove it. <laughs> yes. Mathematical proof for that. I don't know. Write a paper on it. All right. Okay. Any other side topics we wanted to bring up? Uh, Not right now, but are we talking about Blizzard and Activision? We could. We could. Microsoft. dovetails nicely into Matt's main topic. Yeah, possibly. So, yeah, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, uh, which is the company that Activision, the company that bought Blizzard earlier on some people are freaking out about it do y'all care y'all aren't really gamers so <laughs> yeah not really why people are freaking about it some people so there's kind of two big reactions i've seen some people are like oh my gosh like it's the continual conglomeration of like major corporations and like it's all going to be like two or three giant companies control everything mm. so they're they don't like the whole like buying up things and then other people are like, Activision Blizzard has been shit the last few years, which is pretty hard true. And they've been having a bunch of problems. And so they're like, maybe Microsoft can kind of like get them to like help them out to fix their shit because they own some games and intellectual property that people really like, but they've been bad. They've been having trouble. Um, oh, I thought I thought the trouble is that they have a lot of like HR issues. Like the that sexual, is some of the sexual <laughs> That is a sex- good bit. <laughs> there then, that is one major component of the trouble they've had where more and more things keep coming out about like a sexual harassment and terrible you know work environments and stuff but that's so, fundamental role you you mentioned it you know they have all these ips like uh what's what's that world warcraft or something like that warcraft is very famous starcraft oh, is famous. yeah starcraft right so i think the reason they are bad and not being doing good because the HR is bad. Fundamentally, the leaderships are terrible because you know if you treat people that way, you know you you can you you can't expect a fun organization to to do really good work, great work if you treat your people very badly, right? So, mm-hmm. and also there's just been at least accusations that the company as a whole has like really moved away from trying to make good games versus just trying to like do what can like crank out the most short term profit. So some mm-hmm. people are hoping that Microsoft might turn that around, maybe. You know, replace a lot of the leadership and management to create a better work environment with more long-term goals focused on actually making good stuff. But, you know, will that happen? That's anyone's guesses. I'm not too worried about the whole buyout thing because, well, video games is an industry that's very easy to get into. So some people are like, it's an oligarch, like, was it oligopy? I don't really mm-hmm. know how you say it. Like not a monopoly because there's not one company, but there's like only a few. Yeah. But like video games don't really work like that. There's It's very easy to get into. And we regularly see small or indie studios yeah. like hit big with huge titles that get really popular. Um, and there's always new people coming in trying to start making video games. So if you think of the market, it's kind of a natural ecosystem. If tons of new people are constantly coming in, a lot of them are going to fail, but some of them are also going to get big. Some are going to be buyed up that's kind of like a natural cycle right there's always a cycle of new people coming in failing being bought blah 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 so it doesn't seem i don't i don't think there's a market trend towards just bigger people it's just you know it's part of the natural process of like the market kind of sorting out right Mm -hmm. like if there was never any buyouts we'd just continually expand to have a more and more huge array of developers and independent studios 
I guess is the concern though that I mean Blizzard Activision is clearly the biggest probably and Microsoft is like neither of those were the biggest and I don't think even together they're the biggest gaming studio so who is Rocket (sighs) I mean Rockstar is big but it's not that big hold on I saw some list on this I think maybe Sony or Nintendo Mm. might be there's yeah. Sony, I think, is the biggest, and then Tencent in China has bought a oh, shit Tencent, ton of stuff. Of course, yeah. So oh, yeah. yeah, I think <clears throat> those three will all might all still be bigger than the combined. Oh, Nintendo might be overtaken. I don't know. They're not going to. I don't think they are expected to be the biggest. I mean, market values shit change right over time, but it, I don't think they'll even combined be the biggest studio. Hmm. Okay. So you know, I wouldn't fear too much i think it's more likely to actually be a good thing than a bad thing in terms of like games no i mean that is fair and i guess with like i mean you're like there are pc gamers there are more console gamers and there's a diversity of consoles at this point that have like i mean they're like i don't think sort of the like xbox like nintendo switch or whatever nintendo makes next and like uh playstation are going away anytime soon so at least there's some diversity with respect to like um you know like when a game is created it's often like ported between four different things so there's opportunity for like independent companies to one make games that can work well across the four and uh studios like help port across the four so yeah that reminds me of a good point i think some of the people who were maybe worried the most were like kind of Sony PlayStation fans who are worried that Microsoft's going to use this to like lock out games from PlayStation that they like mm-hmm. that might've been owned by like Activision or Blizzard. Right. Um, and I mean, that could happen. I don't know, but I'm kind of on the fence of like, well, if you're going to buy a console that's controlled by one company, like this is sort of what you have to expect, right? Like, yeah, you can go play, you can get the other console, you can play games on your phone or your computer. So I'm not that concerned about it, but you know, if you if you just want to play on your PlayStation potentially, and there's a certain title you want, yeah, you know, maybe it becomes an issue. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about phone games, but no, yeah, I mean, so that I guess when I was thinking about uh, sort of the purchase and people being afraid, that was my first sort of first thought is like, are they gonna? Because that I feel like used to be a big thing. Like I can't even remember what the games were, but there were certain games when I went over friends' houses and they had like the different system where I'm like, Oh, this is cool. But they weren't on, you know, like the Xbox or whatever. Right. Cause they do keep yeah. like Sony and Microsoft keep a few of their like flagship games, like just on their system. Cause mm-hmm. you know, that's what encourages people to buy their stuff. Right. Hmm. Uh, Spider-Man. Is, I don't think Spider-Man's one of those, but I don't no, know. Spider-Man is on Sony, right? Is it not? I definitely played Spy- a Spider-Man no, game I'm... on Xbox once way back yeah, in no, the day. Oh, I see, I see. I'm just, I'm just disappointed. Spider-Man is not on like, will not be on Disney Plus or you know, uh, HBO Max. You know, oh, streaming. the movie. <laughs> yeah, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I thought because, you were talking about a video game. Because somehow, how how did stupid Sony acquire Spider-Man from Marvel? Uh, not Marvel was was a uh, Stan Lee, right? Did Stanley credit Spider-Man? Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> Just a sidetrack. So yeah, but you did not talk about like why Microsoft uh, acquired Activision Blizzard, though. Well, I mean, they do own. I I think it's probably a smart play, right? Because they own some big titles, right? Because Activision owns Call of Duty, 
Blizzard has some historic franchises and stuff. Um, but then their company is in the kind of in the shitter, right? So their price is it's probably a good deal, right? Like yeah, good exactly. time to buy up some stuff that has potential value, but struggling right now is a good way to like potentially get that for cheaper and then turn it around. That would be my guess, you know. But you you missing the main reason to make money? No, to get into metaverse. Does Activision right? Blizzard have anything to do with metaverse? Yeah. Yeah, what are you talking about. I was do I was reading and watching stuff. You got to tell me. What do you mean, Mike? But Microsoft, the whole reason they even the articles they all talk about they, the reason one of the main reason they bought Blizzard and Activision is because they want to push more into metaverse. Right, but does Activision Blizzard have anything to do with them? I don't think either. They were making the whole, anything for the metaverse. The, the whole, the whole fundamental of of. Of metaverse is based on games, right? It's gaming. I wouldn't say that's true. I would actually. Well, at least in the beginning, in the beginning, all the metaverse companies they always start with games. All right, maybe this is time. Let's just jump into the main topics now. Metaverse, exactly. So, okay, so I've been you know doing some reading, some watching stuff. So that's why I tried to push you toward. Fair enough. Before I talk about anything, what do you think y'all two think the metaverse is? Or how would you describe it? It's just, we have online identities across disparate, like, companies and, like, digital resources, and the metaverse is combining them. Okay, that's an interesting way to put it. Uh, I think, as I mentioned before, and what I heard is the metaverse is, the you know, the multi-universe of, like, uh, Digital identity you talk about, like mm-hmm. for example, one I mean, like games, right? Like Fortnite, all the other uh, multiple verses, like World of Warcraft and Call of Duty. You anything you own, you can you know get into a uh, in, interconnected, and then you can also do online, offline, potentially metaverse, where like you can do virtual reality, augmented reality. Augmented reality will enable you to do something physical, right? Now, of course, robotics could enable you to do like. Something virtual, but also physical too in a real environment, right? So it's, it's not just going to be virtual anymore. Uh, it's going to be, so it's almost like, uh, what do you call that? Uh, real ready player one, right? But also adding maybe a little bit physical component to that. So, yeah. Not bad. I think y'all touched on a lot of what I see. And I mean, the first thing is no one really knows because it's like hasn't been made yet. I've heard it likened to talking about what cyberspace is going to be in like 1980. Like Mm -hmm. people knew the concept that computers could connect and communicate, but they didn't have any idea of what we're going to like build and do with that. Right. Mm. So, so I think there's a couple of things, a couple of like key features of the metaverse that the first one is probably VR slash AR because they're, they're already online worlds, um, you know, so to speak, world of Warcraft is one of those, right. Where you have a, some sort of avatar and there's like persistent places you can go and talk and do things and blah, right. Is in a lot of ways, it's like a very trivial metaverse, mm-hmm. but I think the VR AR component is really big and core. Like all these companies and stuff that, uh, you know, are talking about it. They're all doing that in combination with things like VR headsets. And I think the reason is that adds an element of immersion and a difference in sort of the interface that means something, right? Like in the same way that smartphones, enabled a lot of stuff 
like like a smartphone doesn't do anything fundamentally different than a PC, right? Like it connects to the internet and it's a computer. It has a screen, right? It's all the same. But like the 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 details about like how it's portable and some of the smaller details change what really was possible or practical to do and opened up new opportunities, you know, in social media and all sorts, you know, other things, Uber, things like that, right? Like, mm. um, so I think the idea is VRAR is going to open up similar opportunities because like the new sort of immersive experience is going to make things that you could technically do now on just on a computer, just through the screen, but uh, it's going to make them practical or enjoyable. So it, it's big on VRAR. It's big on making a persistent virtual world or at least like augmented, whether that's an augmented to the reality, like AR or just like completely separate. It's like supposed to be about making a persistent world where you can have a place to go to. You know, it's not like a Zoom call like this where we just like log in and log out, but it's like a place in the metaverse, kind of like uh, like you could in potentially in a video game, go to a specific spot in a video game that's online. Um, and I Pause think there. Okay. Why do you talk about video games? Well, video games, I think, are very similar to like a proto metaverse. It's like a smaller scale version of what the metaverse wants to do or people want to do with the metaverse, right? So, so when you look at something like Minecraft or WoW, they've created worlds where you have stuff and places and you, people can go do things together. VR chat or Second Life or other games that are pr- actually probably more similar. I think they're less well known, but they're more similar to the idea of the metaverse. So, based on your own answer, does why Microsoft is crying Blizzard <laughs> make sense to you now? No. <laughs> no. Wow is I don't think <laughs> you just say you know the game is a proto metaverse and then yes, but I don't think there's Warcraft, any way. Right? I don't think there's any coherent way to like go from Wow itself into the metaverse. I think it's like. What do you mean? It's like it's oh. like an example on a it's like a it's an example of how something that's sort of similar, right? It, it's an example of something that could be similar, but like you couldn't you couldn't build from WoW to make a larger metaverse in the sense that people are talking about it, right? Or do you think oh, you could? You don't you don't have to. You can you can start with them being connected to another world. For example, you have whatever skin in one game. You can make it. Microsoft could make it such that it's able portable to the other game, right? So mm-hmm. it's one example, right? Yeah. Well, and yeah. I guess I would contend, like, I mean, I guess you could argue from Shu's points, like, wow, would be almost like a proof of concept. Like, we we've shown we have the people who are good at designing these open space, like, uh, or open world games or whatever they are. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so basically they would be maybe best suited or, you know, w- at least well suited to, you know, design something on that scale. Mm-hmm. I guess. Exactly. Yeah. It's, they try to get into that. This is where they're starting, right? And they have some IPs and they can use. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but this potentially, I mean, that's, an, I mean, I just want to say that's the relation between the acquisition and metaverse. Okay. Okay. I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. I'm not sure. If it will be, I'm not sure if it'll be useful for like trying to get into the metaverse, but I, I see where you're coming from. I mean, even me, I think even even the even the uh, CEO Satya when he talked about an acquisition, that's he say that's exactly why he want to acquire this Blizzard because of metaverse. Oh really? So yeah, and the CEO actually say that you, you can watch a video. He actually did say that. Yeah. So mm. 
But so, I mean, from what I've seen, I mean, obviously games will be a part of the metaverse, but I think the big, like the key point is that it's not just games, right? Mm -hmm. They're trying, they want to make a virtual world that people can hang out, do everything in, not Mm -hmm. just a game you hop in and out of, but you know, like I said, where you hang out and do work, do social stuff and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Buy and shop. Very important, of course. (laughs) Um, And then I think the... I think the last feature, so I've t- that's kind of like the potential things of what you're supposed to do. The VR, AR is kind of the technology that's going to make it like interesting and a meaningful jump. And then I think the last feature is kind of what Mike mentioned is that the, at least right now, the noble goals put forth is to make it all interoperable, shared, right? So that they'd mm-hmm. want to avoid, you know, like right now you go on the internet, you can log into different websites. It's all different, right? You have mm-hmm. your Facebook account, you have your TikTok account. You have your YouTube account, you know, they're separate worlds. You go from one to the other, you know, we could easily end up in a world where there's metaverses like that, where you go in with your VR avatar and do things, but individual companies have set up their own ecosystems that are more or less separate. And you just log into just like you can log into a different game. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least right now they're like, well, wouldn't it be better if it's kind of all connected and no company, individual company kind of controls it? Could we set some sort of universal infrastructure that's agreed upon and consistent to sort of share everything? But that, that will be interesting, but I think that's not, I don't know, there's a good chance that doesn't happen, right? Because I think there's mm. a, a good chance in the future. Like I saw something, Apple is sort of down on the metaverse. They were kind of like criticizing it. But they're also doing their own work towards similar ideas. And I saw people saying, well, basically, they think Apple wants its own, you know, walled garden, Appleverse, that's independent, right? So if one big company like Apple makes its own thing, that's going to already, you know, be a big uh, blow to the universal metaverse in terms versus having a few that are, you know, maybe there's not dozens maybe there's like a few big players kind of like you have a playstation or an xbox or a switch maybe there's three big metaverses that companies you know choose which one they want to work with but yeah i mean to be fair i don't really mind apple just do a war garden metaverse appleverse i just you know hang out in there like iphone right i don't you know yeah, I don't that's need true Android. you love apple i don't need you to talk just... to android people <laughs> That's why actually recently there's a night like, they talking about the controversy, not controversy, more like article about like how Apple using the blue bubble that like, when you do iMessage, uh, if you uh, message not like, Android people, you got green it's bubble green. and stuff. <laughs> right. So uh-huh. yeah. So that's why even though I think between us three, right? Mike, uh, we, Mike and me have iPhone, you have Android, right? So every time I, like, but Android always messed up our messaging. And this is you. You always messed up our messaging, right? Because you you you, you use Android. So mm, I think that means Apple intentionally messes up its messaging to Android because I think they could definitely make it work fine. But, yeah. you know, they can't make it work too good with other people, right? So, you know, if you want to bring your non-Apple avatar into the Appleverse, it just like comes out kind of like grotesque and disfigured. And they're just like, oh, no. But yeah, so, I mean, in the end, it's still very, what is the metaverse? It's open-ended, but it's supposed to be a VR world. And the idea is that the VR world will be compelling enough that it's fundamentally different from just a nicer way of going to internet websites, but it enables new activities and, you know, opportunities that are, you know, 
fundamentally different, more enjoyable, more interactive, gets people to pay more money, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, the, the vision of the, I mean, the metaverse, no, no, actually the metaverse was invented, it's coined in, is invented in a, like a book, in a book called Snow Crash in 1992 novel, yeah. the, about pizza delivery driver, right? <laughs> he, in the real world, he's a pizza delivery driver, but in a metaverse, he has his own, like, a very nice apartment, you know, he can walk around there and he can do, you know, transactions in there too. You know, you can, then people work in there, you know, stuff, have his own econ- economics, right? Right. Stuff and then like that, that, that inspired Ready Player One, which was like a reasonably big blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you log into the virtual space there. And it's not just like one game, like World of Warcraft, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's this whole thing where you have tons of games and different things you can do in this large virtual space slash world right so I mean, yeah it's just... of course in the novel going to a lot of like crazy stuff that happens in metaverse so mm-hmm. yeah people should read it it's pretty interesting it'll just feel like the matrix you'll just oh. <laughs> you'll just i mean you'll just go in and you'll be like you know you'll basically show like rather than having passwords it's like like you can walk the streets of like a real city but then you're like, ah, I'm bored. I'm going to go to like Grand Theft Auto World. And, you, you know, as long as you pa- purchase like rights to that world, you can like take a like subway or something to Grand Theft Auto World and like cause mayhem in the city. Subway. You, well, or, you know, or just flash there or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just drop, they'll just drop a portal in front of you, right? To walk through. Yeah. This so is video game stuff. world. Yeah. So you can go through a portal to that. Then it's like, uh, all right, I'm done with that. So I'm going to take a portal to, you know, whatever, you know, some other world like Apple's walled off garden because I purchased, you know, Apple's annual subscription for whatever they do in there. And, Mm. you know, yeah, I think, yeah, nice. I think, uh, talking about Apple, I guess, I think there's another leak, uh, uh, news about, Apple is also working on Google, like no, not like VR Goggle as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. you guys heard about that? Yeah, yeah, I saw that in yeah. kind of some of the stuff I was looking around for the metaverse about Apple being like, we don't like how they are approaching it, and they're trying to make their own equipment and their own version, right? It's essentially yeah. their own idea of what this sort of future should be. But I think I know it does seem like most companies are betting that sort of VR AR is going to be like the future replacing at least a lot of the time replacing traditional screens and phones and stuff. Like I'm sure those will still be around. Right. But it seems like most people think, Oh, people are going to start spending. The majority of people are going to start spending a lot of time, like with those goggles on. Mm -hmm. But uh, even yeah, go ahead. Well, I think about back to first year at Georgia tech. I mean, like there's the, one attention issue and two, I mean, so there's like short term things that are going to like delay this, right? Like battery, like, I mean, that was a big thing with Google Glass is like battery life restricted it. But I do wonder about like attention and like, like people, like people being immersed in the world with something on their face, like obviously like, you know, phones and to some extent, even computers, like I feel like we'll need those for like more inten- like attention intensive tasks like you know any type of research coding reading i mean because like i feel like those wearables that you have like on your face are maybe good for like providing like 
some basic information about the world around you or offering like basic suggestions or whatever, but they may not be ideal for something more like extensive. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's, it's weird because I think they're actually really good for input, right? Like in terms of like they're, you can get a lot more information shown to you than on a a computer or monitor, right? Mm. Because I mean, people have actually set up virtual desktops in VR. So I mean, instead of like having a dual monitor set up or six monitors in VR, you can just keep making as many monitors as you want, right? And then you can put a virtual monitor in the VR space. Now you might be like, well, it's just pixels in front of your eyes, right? Like what's the difference? The difference is like you can very intuitively you know, just move, between, move your right. eyes over and then you get a full screen that's the same size as what your real monitor would be, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. they can just kind of keep making that go on. So with a lot less hardware and cost than, you know, because once you got six real big monitors, that's a lot of money. A headset's actually a lot less. But the flip side is like outputting information or input from the user, you know, going back to the computer. Yeah, I don't, you know, waving your hands around is not as good as a keyboard at least right now. So I don't think you can replace a keyboard and a mouse just yet. Right. Uh, and and again, I, I mean, I see all of this, like, again, yes, if we're living the vast majority of our time in this virtual, you know, the matrix, like where we can just, you know, go from, you know, portals dropped in front of us and we go to the world we want to go in and things like that. And we're basically just contained in the real, like, quote unquote, re- real world to, uh, you know, a pretty finite, safe space then i guess that that's not a big deal but i guess i'm more thinking like with respect to ar like you know if this is supposed to intended to help us in the real world or like add to the real world i feel like there are going to be limitations there like yeah you can wear eyeglasses and when you look at a storefront you know it could basically like identify the storefront for you and say like you know this is you know, burger or something, you know, they're known for this type of burger, you know, these are some basic statistics about it. This is the most bought meal, but like uh, beyond that, like, I guess that I don't see people being able to take much more on while still walking down the street and not crashing into each other and not being robbed every two seconds. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you not you not wear VR goggles when you're walking down the street, right? You wear something like, I don't know, AR goggles, right? Well, that's what Maybe. I'm saying. Well, uh, the, yes, yeah. So, but I'm saying the AR is limited in, like, what the information it can provide. But, yes, I mean, it, VR is more like... Yeah, actually, right. potentially, I mean, if your goggle is nest smart, you, you know, capture your surroundings and then, you know, just nudge you, say, hey, there's an obstacle there, you know, and there's a car coming, you know? <laughs> Well, you, VR goggles have something called, I guess it depends which one, but most have cameras on them and can do something called pass through where they just show you the world around you on your screen through the cameras. Right. And obviously it doesn't look exactly as realistic, right? Cause it's yeah. on a screen now from cameras, but like, you know, they can show you the world you're in and then you can move and do stuff like normal. But since it's, since it's now on a screen, they can easily add things. So. Yeah, you know the augmented reality of where like you see the real world through like normal lenses, but then they sort of supplement, um, supplement that with like extra screen. Mm-hmm. That might not happen. It might be, you know, the solid goggles. You're just looking at a screen that's combining camera output with you know the the AR information. Yeah, sure. If we, we, a, VR AR combined kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I, 
It's just AR's sensory limitations, right? I mean, there's a certain amount of limitation to how much can. Like, yeah, limitation for now. Can... I'm just yeah. saying. I'm. I'm. I'm just expecting the technology is probably going to progressively get better, right? But are we going to progress? I guess is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, we're going to progress we toward our end. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by are we going to progress? Well, Mike's I mean, worried it's... about human overload. Yes, like uh, I mean, we're limit. Like already, we're getting to a place right where, like, basically, humans will not be able to like see di- like the differences between like techno, like essentially like the technological advancement, right? Like the like the like the speed at which recordings are created, like essentially, don't matter beyond a certain point, right? Like the sampling rate of mm-hmm. images and stuff like that. So, um. I guess, like, okay, we have this VR world, and and I guess we can go right up until a certain point. But it's like if 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 we have a like VR AR headset that's overlaying the world with a lot of stuff, yeah. um, you know, like I guess how much can we handle without you know just like essentially not being able to navigate the world successfully, or like not being able to navigate the world as we like you know, safely or as we do today. (laughs) So I would actually think we could probably handle quite a lot because the human brain is pretty good at filtering stuff out. Once it gets like accustomed to it, it just, I think we'll get to the point where they realize it's too, like we'll still be able to do things because you'll just be filtering all out and they'll be like, well, this isn't an effective way of doing anything because you're just teaching people to ignore it. Right. Um, So I'm, that's would be my guess that it's not going to get like crazy in terms of just like shit everywhere because it wouldn't be helpful at that point. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think like, I think there was a study um, that showed basically like, yeah, I mean, we only encode like 10% or something of like, you know, what's around us in a given moment or something. So it's, yeah. yeah, just, just, I mean, you don't even need to study. Just look at magicians, right? That's how they work. Yeah. No, Magic is, tricks. That is uh, so, <clears throat> So we talk about metaverse. So have you have you look have you seen any like companies that are doing interesting stuff try to make the metaverse a reality? I mean, right now it seems like what most companies are pushing is still better hardware. And I think the hardware is probably good enough that you could do it, but mm-hmm. I think they still want it better. I mean, that's what I see, right? Like I I saw companies a bunch of companies are developing their own AR and VR goggles and headsets. Mm. And, you know, Facebook is talking about getting this sort of agreed upon infrastructure, which I mean, has a lot of technical details, right? Like that's the technical details of like how the software works and to define the standards that allow this interoperability, but Mm. it doesn't seem like anyone's made meaningful progress on that. Right. Mm. At least nothing that I saw public. Uh, mm. And of course, let's not forget the most important aspect, the people who want to put blockchain technology into it, you know, to make exactly. their crypto and NFTs more valuable, exactly. uh, which depends on the details about how they do this interoperability may or may not make sense as, uh, you know, a technology to implement this sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, now but you... there's definitely people who want to push that. I mean, that's the whole concept of NFT, right? You can... Digital authentication, that's why it's in a, that's one key component that actually enable the metaverse potentially because you can, you know, you go from different world, you can digital authentic, authenticate it, right? 
Right. Potentially the reason it makes sense in a metaverse is since it's decentralized, right? Like people try to talk about NFTs in video games, which doesn't make any sense because video games right now are entirely centralized and they need to be. But Mm -hmm. if you, you know, maybe since the metaverse is decentralized, maybe that makes sense actually there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also then, I guess in a few companies that have you, you heard of Decentraland, right? Is that one of the ones where people are selling virtual land? Exactly. (laughs) See, this, this doesn't make sense because, uh, in the virtual world, you can just make infinite land. Well, I think so. I, I'm not, I'm not sure about what a game playing game component there. I mean, it's, I think it's a game too, and also sandbox, right? Have you heard of sandbox? Similar idea, the... and they have. Um, I mean, people can, you know, work. I mean, yeah, buy the land too. And there's a game component too, you know, play games stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So those are, you know, those are one of the few companies that, yeah, considering themselves that metaverse company, try to get mm. to certain. Uh, try to go there explicitly, right? Not starting from a, a game, but they will try to build from the ground up, right? So build a a game that's you know, meant to be metaverse, yeah, compatible. I mean, Snoop Dogg have a have a bought a like, mansion in, in Decentraland, right? Uh-huh. And then and then the land right next to it, right? Someone actually someone bid it and bought it too for like sixty five million dollars or something. <laughs> Uh-huh. Because just because Snoop Dogg bought it, so you can be neighbors to Snoop Dogg. So this is an interesting ethical question I actually saw brought up. Because, like, I mean, this is a big difference between the physical and digital world is, like, fundamental limits, right? Like, in the physical world, there is only so much land. Only one person can own a plot. So, you know, you have this sort of inherent, you know, limitation. And some would argue that creates inequality. So trying to recreate, some people have said, that trying to recreate that system in like a digital world with when there's literally, you know, unlimited potential to make new stuff is, you know, borderline evil because, you know, we should embrace the fact that we can create a world that has no, you know, limits like a post scarcity utopia in the virtual Mm. world. Now I do think at at least in isolated context, um, limitations make sense, right? Like within a game, it it can make sense to say, well, we don't want it there to be infinite land because you want players to, computer fight over it somehow right like you play games where people try to like conquer land back and forth and things like that right so like in in like a small scale context that makes sense but if you're talking about the metaverse being like a second world where you have a shared you know like a, a a broad shared thing where people spend time and money and have jobs and stuff in it then you know do you want that to be something where it's like limited and only like the wealthy people can have land in the metaverse or should it be you know unlimited no? yeah if you're getting early you won't you don't need to be wealthy to buy it actually if you get if you early. get in early so yeah. what about but, the people who aren't born yet right <laughs> like that's that that's kind of brought, brought me a, yeah that kind of brought me an interesting question like the whole the whole economic theory is based on scarcity right supply and demand right the how economic theory works but if there's no scarcity i feel like scarcity is a fundamental to how to make an economic system work if there's no scarcity, what is it? Are, are we still going to have an economy? There's no scarcity of some things in the virtual world, right? But there will still be yeah. a scarcity of human labor, human attention, yeah, you know, and other mm. things. But you're right, like physical goods, right, will become not scarce. Like right now, we don't have a scarcity of air, right? 
you don't have to pay for air. That might change in a hundred years, but <laughs> right now you don't have to pay for air, right? But we still have an economy. It's just one element that you don't have to do. So mm-hmm. a virtual world would remove a lot of the stuff, mm-hmm. but um, there'd still at least be some things that would be limited, mostly related to people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from a company's perspective, people's attention and people's labor is very important yeah. and people's money. Mm. You keep the money limited, right? <clears throat> Well, you can still make land limit. You can you can still make land infinite, right? Now, if you don't limit the land, but you know, but whoever now people want to visit the land that has some significant to it, right? For example, Snoop mm-hmm. Dogg have a mansion in this plot of land, right? People like to go hang out in that area, right? So net the the price the the value of that area go up, right? So. So I mean, yeah. Right. So right. Even if you, I think if you make it unlimited, you still you still have some kind of economic. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's like like I say, if I'm in my matrix, you know, then I can take a portal anywhere. But if I take a portal to Grand Theft Auto game land, then I need to purchase the access to that. Or if I take a portal to Apple land, you know, then I need to have purchased a yearly subscription to get inside its walled off places. Right. But the question is, where does this value come from? Right. Like Snoop Dogg, like if the, the, the plot, like if the house is valuable because it's Snoop Dogg's house, people want to come. Who is Snoop Dogg having to pay? What company would he have to pay to say, create his virtual house? Right. Like, and mm-hmm. would he have to pay more than anyone else that could make an identical house, but it's just not Snoop Dogg's? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so the question of where this value is coming from and who's getting paid for it. Yeah. Is it well, is it essentially GoDaddy? Like you know Yeah, but, like is it yeah. just is a house something like setting up a website, right? right? Instead of buying a website, you buy a virtual plot and then people can portal in that you you know, and you can set the settings to allow people to come in and you can build your little virtual world as you want. And there's companies that would probably set up, you know, like things of like, oh, here's like templates for houses and stuff. Right. Something I mean, that pro- Twitter probably will exist. Worth, I mean, Twitter handles have been worth thousands of dollars and, you know. But uh, you don't have to pay to buy a Twitter handle, right? And there's well, infinite Twitter handles. You don't right. have to pay to create a normal Twitter handle. Sorry, right? Like, right. but yeah, someone could potentially sell one that they've made famous. Yeah, yeah no, but that's website, different than, like, imagine if Twitter said there's only a hundred, <laughs> you know, oh, there's oh, a million Twitter accounts that we're going to start com- bidding. Sure, but at the beginning of the dot com boom, you did need to pay to register www.whatever.com and people registered a ton of websites and sold them to celebrities, companies, whatever, you know. So, I mean, that initial investment was, you know, I mean, they did have to make an initial investment to get like a big gain. So, I mean, these people, so, I mean, there may not, I I guess it's not necessarily a great comparison, but people could make a small investment for some type of, you know, purchase of land in the metaverse. And then, you know, as so uh, again, uh, I think the website's a good analogy, right? Because like, are these things going to be even addressed by like words that you can just type out? Because that add some value, right, of making your website, like, easy to access because it's a very simple one or two words related to, you know, it's Ford.com. So people who are looking interested in a Ford truck go to Ford.com, right? There's, like, clear value there, right? But mm. maybe that's not how this stuff works in terms of, like, the underlying tech, right? 
Right, exactly. Well, but I mean, maybe I've... you pay to have like own that link anyway, right? Like, oh, well, I want the link that says, you know, if you click Ford, it goes to my Ford metaverse world. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, I guess this uh, assumes how it's all organized, but say it is organized sort of like a matrix and like you can literally walk out onto your street. Like, you know, I mean, literally the street, you know, like your neighbor could be literally like just your neighbor in memory addresses or something. And even though you can take a portal anywhere, I guess there may be some, uh, you know, some level of like, you know, value associated with like, oh, I'm near a celebrity or I'm near like this other thing in a memory address that is desirable. So, mm-hmm. speaking yeah. of metrics, you, Matrix, you guys seen a new movie? I haven't yet. I want to. Hmm. I did. I hate the Matrix, just the series in general. But <laughs> what? Yeah, I really Why? liked the original what? series, but I heard the new movie was not so great. No spoilers. No, no. You, why? Why don't you like the Matrix? Because the... I mean, I mean, I mean. Of course, the second and third one, of course, you know, it, it doesn't count. But the first one is really good. But just the idea underlying it is terrible. Like the whole like get energy from humans. Yes. Okay, so that's a little <laughs> ridiculous. But you let that slide, and it's a good movie. <laughs> all, right, all right. Like yes, if I go purely based on like, oh, it's action, but like, I, I just hate like like I mean that. I just hate the idea behind it. So, <laughs> what an idea! The idea of not getting energy from human. Why is that bad? Because it doesn't make sense. It's, it's like a movie. It. What does movie make? <laughs> what does movie ever make sense? Because it's, I guess, sci-fi. Like, if you're gonna write science fiction, then I feel like having some, like, having some grounding in reality is desirable for me. Like, I love horror movies, and they're total bullshit too. It's like Michael Myers cannot be killed, and you know he just slashes through this town, and like, you know, they can shoot him and electrocute him but he's like evil like i'm fine with that but it's like if it's science fiction i feel like i don't know some for well some i, I think wants... it's not really that's the whole point it's science fiction it doesn't have to be science it's science fiction anything that includes science doesn't mean it had to be science based it just means it's called fiction yeah. uh, another thing i'm saying i like the idea is because because it's really like just give a warning to humans right it's like oh you're using it's like putting humor reverse right you human how i always been the one actually polluting the planet draw energy from planet you know i think the the whole idea is to make it invert that equation right i think that's the whole intention behind the the idea sure okay but i would have like i would have probably liked the matrix a lot if they gave almost no justification like if uh, it's just like humans are being held here but you kind of you kind of missing the whole point the whole point is not that you know, draw energy from human. It's kind of minor plot of the movie, though, right? You're missing the. Well, it's a my. It may be not harped on, but it's literally why this exists. <laughs> like why yes. the movie okay, exists okay. and the Matrix exists. But that's not a whole point. Like, that's not a main takeaway for most people. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like Chew in that I'm willing to suspend the disbelief for like this like explanation because it creates a very interesting world and setup, right? Which they do a lot of, and then they extrapolate from that interesting things. But I mean, you're right. The base explanation is stupid, but, but you why know, give what else the are they going to do? Right? Like, why? I mean, give... what, what would you do? With, yeah, alternative, right? What's the better idea? There's no reason for robots to like 
Keep evil robots to trap people and then put them at you know in the first place in pods, right? If they hated humans, they just wouldn't. They'd just kill them all. Well, right. they could make it such that it's vampires keeping humans around for blood, energy, they could. and they keep them into a matrix. You know, and they just put the machine into vampires. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I've seen a movie that's kind of like that anyway. Exactly. But, well, minus the whole virtual world part, they just farmed humans and just let mm-hmm. them suffer, but. Or, yeah. or even humans just like, I mean, basically just like it's an evil corporation, right? Like basically that has, you know, has people like, you know, has removed the real world or pe- has like essentially removed people from the real world and keeps them in this place. Like, you but know, that, that is, that's the whole, that's the whole point of metaverse. That's what whole metaverse is about. Yes. Evil corporations what? like Meta, Apple gonna put people into the simulated world but are you they just, actually you, gonna you, give because you're describing reality and that's why yeah. we don't make it into a movie because it's yeah. that's re- that's a coming reality yeah no you're you're like you're like kit where she she's not good at suspending disbelief to like enjoy the rest of a show on things that aren't like well explained or don't give good explanations and i'm like you got to just be able to let that slide and then you'll enjoy like it I, more. I guess it's specifically and again this is just because i guess it's the area we're in like so it's like it's harder for me to just uh, like suspend disbelief in an area i'm in like i say you're not in an energy generation you're in computer science totally okay. different yeah the, the thermodynamics you're saying the thermodynamics don't make sense that has nothing to do with what you studied because I know okay. what you studied. That is fair. Okay. So, but <laughs> I'll just, if it's I'll just pretend that... like, you know, it totally does make sense. You just didn't take enough physics in an, as an undergrad. So sorry. <laughs> okay. That is fair. Right. So, yeah. but, but well, I can, like I say, I can do it for horror movies. Show me a good ghost movie. I'm all in. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, ghost movies don't scare me because like I can suspend those, the disbelief to like enjoy it, but they don't scare me because they don't feel real enough to be like, scary i guess like when it's supernatural stuff like that well have you seen uh what's the what's the scary japanese movie that crawling on the tv ring ring yeah have you seen the ring yeah no i mean my oh matt he doesn't scare you that's yeah that's the one where they saw a video and died seven days later yes like it was like it didn't like really scare me now like Uh, you know gotcha yeah cool anyway um it's the what third one about? less so. <laughs> what? Like the third ring was a little bit like I, I actually the opening scene of the third ring is mm. literally there is a plane full of people and someone is gonna die and Samara comes through like the TV on the back of the seat. Really? <laughs> yes, and the plane. Wait, I need to watch the third <laughs> ring. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> so yeah, so it's pretty epic. Uh, in any case, we can continue with metaverse. All right. So to, in summary, the metaverse is going to happen, right? Companies are going to make immersive virtual worlds because uh, VR, AR equipment's actually getting really good and it's going to progress and there's going to, you know, that does offer new potential. Uh, the open question is, how is it going to build? Is it going to be just everything shared and universal? Is it going to be you know, another way for the, you know, people with money to pay for everything and make people without money suffer? Or is it going to be more equitable? I don't know. Hmm. It'll be up to Mark Zuckerberg. He'll decide. Yeah. That's why he even, you know, changed his name to Facebook to Meta, right? Yeah. Also, well, also uh, Facebook has a bad brand, but. <laughs> <laughs> True. 
And good point. But have you heard that you know metaverse is already is already here for cows? Yeah, I saw that link you sent. <laughs> the the cows with VR goggles. Yeah, make them more productive, generate more milk. And you know, I think you could say the companies just want to turn us into those cows, right? Slap a headset on us and make us more productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think about it. <laughs> this this whole society is all about, right? It's making people productive. Well, I mean, you keep saying cows, but I mean, I mean, humans are likened to sheep a lot. When you know, sheep are the most herdable animal. Uh, you know? mm. so. I didn't know that. Ducks are pretty herdable. Yeah, well, I'll no, believe you. I'll trust you that sheep are the most herdable animal. Well, no, no, no. I mean, to be fair, a lot of like the, uh, like when I was doing that project on like shepherding robots, like, mm-hmm. for, oh, right, right. Like literally every study was sheep and ducks. So, <laughs> like, just no, basically... sheep are very, sheep are very easy followers because they, they have certain, the way you heard it is that and they only pay attention to the the sheeps that are surrounding them, right? No, not right. you in a close proximity. Proximity. So I mean there's a, a lot of incidents in the news, right? In Turkey or somewhere like uh three hundred sheep following a single sheep off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Right? And every right. all on them die because you know, just because the the, the leader sheep decided to walk off a cliff. <laughs> Yeah, no, but but I mean, I guess there have also been like psychology and sociology studies and people where it's like, yeah, so the sheep and ducks and all, like all these animals, there's yes, these local interactions that lead to global movement, right? But I mean, in humans, there there have been studies that have shown like a few people can cause like local, uh, like local change, which can sort of balloon to more global, like it's following the same type of pattern where local interactions can dictate more global interaction or global shifts. Mm. So, so, all right, let's round out this discussion. I have a question for y'all. What do you want the metaverse to look like, or what would you want from it, you know, in 10, 20 years? I wouldn't object to like, I mean, like I say, I don't necessarily object to the matrix idea. I mean, I had 10 or 20 years is obviously soon, but you know, where I step in a portal and can just go to like different worlds that I want to visit. But I mean, you can do that in VR chat right now today. You could buy a headset. It just would be, you know, limited and not as nice looking, I'm sure, but you can do that just a heads up. Yeah. but, But I mean, I guess part of it, I mean, like, I don't know how much haptic like how immersion there is. So honestly, like if it's 10 or 20 years, I'm more on the AR, like what I'm interested in is more AR. So like where I can walk through the world and, you know, maybe get like updated about like, oh, like around the corner is, you know, the, you know, New York's best pizza based on 47,000 ratings, you know, those types of updates. But, Hmm. and like, just, I, I guess just, yeah, something like VR goggles with a camera that can sort of show me, like overlay more information about the world and facilitate, you know, going. So you want like the and things, the Iron Man suit Jeeves, like you know, where he has the vision of the world and it like shows him all the stuff. Yeah, I guess that would probably be what I. I mean, I'm not like a gamer, so it's like I'm not that interested in you know, merging a thought and, and I'm trying to use social media like a lot less. So I'm basically just like, if I can, 
like facilitate like fun in the real world, then that's what I'm for. <laughs> hmm. huh. Good perspective. Yeah, pers- yeah, personally for me, I don't. Well, I don't really like technology. I I'm not really. I mean, I don't like to complicate life with my honest, like fancy, you know, metaverse goggles. I don't wear anything. I don't wear anything. So, so I say. So yeah, I'm not really super excited about metaverse or this stuff. The hype. I'm not a hype, but everybody pushing into it because uh, I'm I like re- real world. So you know, I don't I like to walk in the do stuff in the real world more like you know, activity stuff like that instead of in a virtual environment. So I mean, because if you spend time in the virtual world, I mean you spend less time in the real world. Like what's the? I don't personally for me, I prefer to spend time in the, just you know more in the real world. So yeah, so I'm not sure if I would participate, and it's not very, <laughs> not not very early. Yeah, I might experiment mm-hmm. with it a little bit just to know, to curious what it was about. But yeah, personally, I like to be, you know, to be in the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. To add my two cents, which is different than y'all's, like I am excited about more VR stuff, but I'm totally fine with. Like, I don't feel that, I'm not sure I see a lot of benefit in having one universal metaverse. Like, I think it's totally fine if we just have companies and games and stuff are separate, right? Like, I like the idea of being able to do remote collaboration where it feels like you're standing next to someone using like VR, right? So then you can like whiteboard ideas, like, because that's useful, right? Mm. I could see that helping collaboration, but I don't particularly want my work accounts to be the same as my gaming accounts, right? Like, I Mm. like the idea that those could just be separate things, you know, entirely. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of the, I mean, a lot of what the metaverse vision push right now is everything's universal. And I just, I don't know. I don't see the necessarily the benefit. Like if you just have all these virtual worlds that are just separate and independent, I feel like that, that adds an element of safety and, you know, privacy and just other things that are nice, right? No Actually, yeah. independent company can control everything or force you to do anything because if you don't like it, you just hop to the a different one, right? A different game, a different social platform, a different work environment, just like Microsoft Teams or Slack or whatever, right? Like you can just choose so you have options and options it create competition, which usually keeps things like, you know, from being terrible, yeah. right? Because if you have one universal metaverse, there's no competition anymore. Like that's it. You know, mm-hmm. and so, you know, if someone with power decides they don't like person A because they, you know, are trying to, it's to say there's a journalist who is trying to share information and the metaverse is now how a lot of people share information, just like social media has replaced a lot of traditional media right now. Maybe the metaverse replaces that, you know, can they ban them? Can they make something up and ban them from the metaverse? And that becomes like a huge problem, right? Mm. To me, discrete seems actually good actually yeah that's, that's that's what a lot of people are talking about like it's not actually i think a lot of advocates are metaverse it's not the main advantage of metaverse is that you can actually be someone else actually right so you go on a metaverse you can be someone completely different identity you know you can explore stuff like that and then you know you don't know people don't know who you are and that's what nft enables too is mm-hmm. it kind of decentralized so nobody know who your real identities are right so mm-hmm. yeah yeah but like and i said that doesn't seem us anything it's humans when they're given the power to be anonymous are great 
<laughs> that is true. I'm not saying there aren't downsides, but you know, you gotta, you gotta weigh in the risk and rewards. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. I don't know, but like, I mean, you've, so you've also looked at metaverse stuff, right? The impression, it's not always clear, but the impression that Facebook's, sorry, Meta's vision seems to be universal, right? Which, unless it just lets you make multiple accounts, like as many as you want. Yeah. Then you're so, kind of locked yeah, no, in. I, like I, you make your account, you lock it in with your social security number or whatever, and that's you in the virtual world, right? And then that's like it. You're limited. In, yeah, I'm not. They, they call it differently. Because like, it's in one metaverse. But metaverse doesn't mean it's a single universe, I think. It could be in a multiple universe, but interconnected. You can jump from one universe to the other. Right mm-hmm. now, as I mentioned earlier, like from World of Warcraft, or Warcraft to, you know, Overwatch or, I don't know, Halo or something like that, right? You can jump between different worlds. You have different identity in different worlds, right? But you have a single, it's, it's a single system in the metaverse that is not controlled by anybody else. It's not controlled by anybody, right? And then that's what, I think that's what uh, they were mainly talking about. Like, uh, metaverse is a, it's a matter because it's a, you know, multiple verse universes. I mean, that's, my interpretation of what other people are talking about. I guess it's semantics, but if you have a different identity yeah. in a different, you know, virtual world, you know, how but do you say, you know, the, what's the difference between you jumping from one to the other versus logging out in your identity here and then logging into a different identity over there, right? Well, you there's know? no difference except that you can migrate all your ownership to the other world too. For example, if you own some skins and clothes, like fancy, like a single item, like Gucci bag, <laughs> you know, if people like, you know, Adidas, Nike shoes, that is really super expensive. There's only one in the world that mm. you can transfer from one world to the other, right? Yeah. That you can walk on the street with this item, right? So yeah, that's something like that, right? A dig- digital ownership that you can transfer from one world to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. I don't know. That's some. That's that's what I'm just thinking. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we got two people who don't want the metaverse, and one who wants it to not be quite so revolutionary. I mean, I'm I not. That's our I'm summary. Not, yeah, I don't no, necessarily think that. Like, I don't want it. It's just I'm just probably not going to be a super early adopter of like, you know. Virtu- mm-hmm. VR, like like I I've tried a lot of different VR. My brother's into it and stuff, but it's just like I don't know. It's uh, like until it gets to the point where you're actually like truly immersed, I don't necessarily find it that exciting. Like, oh, that reminds. I was gonna I, say that reminds me. I think, uh, like the hands, I think are a huge thing right now in immersion, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I feel like the headsets are good, but then like having to hold a controller and like press a button kind of breaks mm-hmm. you out of it. Right. Mm. But if they get to the point, either through tracking hands or just like wearing gloves, where you can just like do things by, you know, using your actual hands, I think that will step up the immersion significantly. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cool. Nice work. All right. All right. Metaverse. We'll see what happens with it in like 10 years exciting stuff (laughs) all right cool so yeah it could be yeah anyway yeah it could be just like on this hype right everybody's getting to it but it turns out it turns out to be just like a flying car right like flying everybody want a flying car a long time ago and we never really get there in the vision but we're gonna get some we're gonna get something like airplane maybe (laughs) 
I think, I think the dot com analogy was really actually really good, right? Because there's a bubble, the dot com bubble, right? Yeah. Like there was a there's a clear use cases, and I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of hype right now, and a lot of unknown kind of people aren't sure what's really going to work or not. And there's probably going to be like a bunch of stuff made and then it's going to crash. And then we're going to figure, you know, kind of figure out like, Oh, this is what works. This is what people like and don't like. I don't know. I don't see how you get to a world where some, like there aren't VR virtual worlds don't become more of a part of people's lives, but you know, the details is just to be figured. Cool. All right. Anything we talk, we should, what are we talking about next week? I mean, not next week, night. You know, next. next yeah, time. next next meeting. I think yeah. I see. I think Europe show. I'm in. Like the next time I go, and I think it would be better if I do it. Like, uh, so our next. Well, what's your topic? We don't need to bother the time, but what's the topic? K-pop. Oh, K-pop. <laughs> all right, all right. We so. we can we we can figure out a schedule <laughs> later, but yeah. What about well, you, that- Matt? Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Know. You going to say something? Well, I was going to say I want to go on our meeting on the 19th of February because I'm going to my first K-pop concert on the 24th of February. So Wait, should, should you do it after you go to the concert? Yeah. I, well, I guess. Also, Let's do it after did you, you go become to the concert, a K-pop actually. fan? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, I, I'm not a huge K-pop fan, but Jake and Paige love it, so I want to have at least one of them on when we do it. Mm. Okay. You 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 see a lot of nice screaming teenagers in the in the concert then? Maybe I don't I don't I don't know what to expect, but we're seeing twice. Is it in Central Stage? No, it's oh, okay. Uh, whatever, whatever the basketball arena is, uh, Phipps. Okay, or, or not? It's not. It's State Farm now, I guess. But... Okay. What about you, Matt? My next topic. Yeah. Unknown yet. Unknown yet. What about cheap chip shortage? That sounds kind of boring. 5G. <laughs> All right, we don't have to go through this list right now. What about 5G? I I mean, what about it? You know, it's rolling I mean, out. Who cares? Just recently, yeah, rolling out. And there's a lot of controversies. Now, what the hell is? Like, what's wrong? With, we can, you know, dive into 5G tech. Now, why is it really bad? Is it bad? I don't know. Like a while ago, and there's a like a few years ago, and there's like something about China. Like China making on a 5G technology, and then it's like. Is a security, national security, and now all people are just putting 5G. It sounds like you should talk about it. Mm-hmm. No, and it's too much, too much work, too much research. <laughs> what, what's your gonna be? What's gonna be your next topic, Shu? I'm talking about five dysfunctions of a team. Five dysfunctions of a team. Yes. Okay. Okay. Help people work <laughs> as teams more effectively. <laughs> yeah. Modern or... conflict. <laughs> yeah. What? moderate conflicts that's the key to teamwork exactly and how do you do that mike <laughs> there may be a robot involved <laughs> <laughs> you need to have a robot reflect people's emotions back to them or something that's right so they can acknowledge them and it doesn't uh, the conflict doesn't exacerbate and it stays task-based mm-hmm. so all right well sue can go next all right well We'll wrap up the recording for here, I guess. All right. So see you in a couple of weeks. Judo Club.